The power of love. It's amazing, isn't it? I don't know how many of you is like me that that song takes you back in time, okay? Back to July 1985 when Michael J. Fox had the biggest movie of the entire year with Back to the Future. And Huey Lewis and the News had the, the biggest hit song of the summer with the power of love. Marty McFly, played by Michael J. Fox and Doc Brown, and the DeLorean had my imagination that summer as an eight-year-old. However, Misty Johnson had my heart, okay? <laughs> she stole my heart. That summer, I experienced what I thought was the power of love for the first time. You see, Misty and I sat next to each other all week long at Vacation Bible School at Bethany Christian Church. And it wasn't because she wanted to, it was assigned seating, okay? <laughs> sure, I was only eight and uh, obviously a Castanova for my time. She was nine. And the first woman in my life that I didn't think other than my mom was weird, to be honest. There was something special about her. Just the way uh, we could share crayons during craft time was amazing. She was wonderful. And she had me thinking, well, was Huey Lewis right singing about the power of love? In all honesty, though, I don't think Misty spoke to me more than one uh, word directly all week long in a sentence when she asked me, could I pass her the purple crayon? Okay, that was pretty much all she said. But that song still reminds me of the day whenever I first felt nervous and this concept of love, could it be real? Most of us have a song that reminds us of a loving relationship, of love in some way. This summer, I have been praying that the psalms that we read, the songs from the psalms, would remind us how powerful God's love is and his love for us. Not only from the past, but as we look back to the Bible for the future. That's, why, that's what today's psalms did for the original author and God's people. In the song we're going to study today, it was designed for corporate worship when God's people gathered together. It was assigned to the priest by the author, I believe, King David, as a song they would sing in the temple courts over and over again. You could say it was on David's top list of playlists. He, he loved it. It was a great tool uh, to know God, to, to be thankful for him, and to celebrate his love. Today's summer hit song we're going to unpack is from Psalms 136. And it's a classic. It's got a hook that everyone can, can move to and get involved in. Every one of its 26 verses declares the same truth. God's love endures forever. Amen. And his love is powerful. The power of, of God's love brings us to praise. It brings us to thanksgiving. It's why you've gathered here today that God loved you so much that he gave his one and only son so that you might live. David didn't know that, yet he, he knew the truth of God's love. It helps us understand that no matter what happens in this world, please hear this, no matter what happens in this world, no matter what you do or don't do, God's love endures forever. Amen. You may have come here today feeling unloved, like you've messed up to the point where, where God would have had to remove himself from you or, or pushed you away. And this uh, song of, of, of enduring love will remind you, I pray, that his love endures forever for you and for his people. 
Don't miss this truth. However, today I'm also excited to dive deeper into this this psalm that has this repetitive uh, uh, movement in it and to see who God is and how who God is affects on what he does. And all that brings us to an amazement and adoration and thanksgiving for who he is and what he does. So let's look at the first three verses, and I need your help. Okay, After each verse... Uh, main statement, there is this refrain of his love endures forever. And I want us to share that together before God. So here we go in the first three verses. Would you go ahead and stand with me as we read these first three? Uh, Just as a reminder that you're going to be involved, uh, I'll read the first statement and then we'll say together with loud conviction that his love endures forever. Here we go. Verse one, give thanks to the Lord for he is good. His love endures forever. Give thanks to the God of God. His love endures forever. Give thanks to the Lord of Lords. His love endures forever. You may be seated. These three verses uh, give us context of who God is. I I don't know how many times we have read over this or maybe you've thought of the Psalms and you just think all of these uh, words are just for uh, uh, the same uh, basic vocabulary of God, but they are very different, even though they speak of the one true God. The first verse here uh, conveys, give thanks to the Lord. I don't know if you notice this, but in your Bibles, it, the, the Lord here is all capital in verse 1, and it di- signifies God Yahweh. And much of the time it was written in Hebrew, it didn't even have vowels because they were so desiring to honor uh, the name of the one true God, Yahweh, they didn't even want it pronounced. So oftentimes it was substituted for Jehovah, by Jehovah. But, but this word Yahweh for the one true God denotes that he is the one that has forever existed. He is the one that has created everything from the beginning. And right here at the start of this psalms, the psalmist is declaring, we are praising and giving thanks to the one who made everything. He has mastery over all. This is uh, the God in Genesis chapter 2 that made the heavens and the earth. And as we come to this, let it be a reminder that we come to God with great honor and respect and worship every time. Our hearts need to be always ready to revere God, Yahweh God, Jehovah God. Verse 2 is a little different. It's Elohim. In in verse 2, we see uh, this this passage. He's the God, the big G, uh, of the little gods. He is the God of this world. He He is the God of everything. He's the God that has power and might over all especially other gods of this world, other gods of any world, uh, gods that are not real gods. The author here is saying, our God is the one true God, and he has power over all other gods that are brought before him, including money, including government, including sex, including anything that this world will throw at us to, to be worshipped. It is the one true God, and his love endures forever. Verse 3 says this Hebrew word, Adonai. And this word focuses on God and the fact that he is sovereign, that he has mastery, that he has control of everything. So the beauty of this, at the beginning of this chapter, is we see him acknowledging Yahweh, Elohim, Adonai, the creator, the protector, the provider. And he says, because of this, in his great love, we give thanks and praise. Today, I want to encourage you to stop for just a moment as we dive into this text and know that Yahweh, Elohim, and Adonai love you. 
This one God described in these three ways, uh, this one God who is all of these three things, who he, who he is, is the creator, the provider, and the protector, and he loves you. So let's stop for a moment and just give praise in our hearts and thanksgiving for the way he's created, the way he has provided, and the way he protects Maybe he's protected you in some physical way. Maybe he's provided financially. Maybe he's provided through a friendship. Maybe you have just been in a situation where you have seen a glimpse of his creation like you've never seen before, and you want to say, God, because of your unfailing love in this way, I give thanks to you. Let's pray in our hearts. Father, we slow down as we dive in. We go back to your word to see your great hope for the future, that your, your love endures forever. We thank you for being creator. We thank you for being provider. We thank you for being our protector. Father, give us a, a, a true sense of thanksgiving as we understand more fully who you are from this text, this holy text. In Jesus' name, amen. And that gives us a glimpse of who God is. And what's important is who God is dictates a lot. Even though God is not dictated by anything, it shows us who he is and what he does. The next three movements of this passage are all about what he does and his great wonders. Look at verse 4. Be ready to do your part. You can remain seated, but as your part comes, share it loudly. Here we go. Verse 4. To him who alone does great wonders... His love endures forever. Now he says to him, remember it's to him uh, Yahweh, it's to him Adonai, it's to him Elohim, to him the creator, the provider, the protector, to him who does great wonders. We, we give thanks. See, who God is guides what he does. And we're to praise him. The, the first thing that we're going to see who he is again in this movement is he is Yahweh. Look at the next verse in verse 5. We see by his understanding. He's talking about we can praise God Yahweh because he's the prime mover. Now, I, I put prime mover here uh, as the first thing of giving him praise for. It is because all three of these movements are going to start with the word P, and it helps me remember. It might help you remember. But prime mover literally means that he's the creator. The prime mover is, is this uh, part of who God is that has always been. He's the one that has always existed. So let's read through this, praising him for being the prime mover, the creator. This week at VBS, at Make Waves, we understood he was the wave maker. He's the one that makes the waves. He's the one that makes the sunrise. And this text is going to uh, submit to that truth. Look what it says. And share with me as we read through verses 5 through 9. Who by his understanding made the heavens. His love endures forever. Who spread out the earth upon the waters. His love endures forever. Who made the great lights? His love endures forever. The sun to govern the day? His love endures forever. The moon and the stars to govern the night? His love endures forever. Notice the psalmist begins worshiping the God who was there in the beginning. That's where all worship starts. It's coming before the God that was here before anything else was thought of. Notice he says, by his understanding... He started creating things. Just his own thoughts in his words, we know, is, is enough to create everything that we know. He was before everything else, and yet he created everything from nothing just by thinking about it. This is what the philosopher and scientist Aristotle was so amazed by. That's why he defined the creator as the prime mover. 
Aristotle believed that this world that we know had to come from something, and and we believe that based on God's word. But he said there had to be a mover that came on the scene, that came from nothing other than himself, that began to make things from just his thoughts. That's what the psalmist says, that by his own thoughts, by his thinking, he began to create. That is our God. He is the immovable, the unmoved mover. And we see that all throughout creation. He is the prime mover, the originator of everything. He's the one that makes the waves. All month long, as I have been looking forward to this day, I have been just noticing parts of creation that that screams out that there is this prime mover, this unmoved mover, this, this one that made everything from who he was just by thinking, and it creates an amazement within me. And all. I saw some amazing full moons this month. Anybody see some of those full moons? If there's a full moon, my mom will call me or text me and say, are you looking at the moon? It's still amazing that I can be looking at the moon here in Illinois and she's in Indiana and we are both amazed by our maker. Amen? I love that. There have been some glorious rains, haven't there? Some just glorious rains. There's been some blue skies, sunrises and sunsets powerful storms and this week i noticed some heat lightning anybody how many of you know the term heat lightning okay you've heard of that Uh, i was talking to someone not from the region they're like what's heat lightning well if you grew up in the midwest you're really cussing this the humidity and and growing up i was told that often when we see what we know as heat lightning there was no storm later on i have verified with my phone and and having radar on my phone that shows the whole united states that heat lightning is often a storm way off in the distance. This week we were at our house with the high school uh, youth group just hanging out at night. And way off to the south, there was this heat lightning. And we were talking about that. And so I got out my phone. That storm was in Nashville, Tennessee. And the lightning was just dancing across the sky. While there may be something purely defined as heat lightning with no storm, what we saw uh, that God had sent as a pop-up storm, it, it, it did not move in. It just popped up over that region. It was supplying a light show for everyone to see that God is the maker and deserves to be praised. Recently on vacation, our family went to Gulf Shore. I'd never been to Gulf Shore before. I woke up a little early most mornings and got out on the balcony just to look over the shore and I would read the Psalms with hopefully many of you. And I was reading it um, in kind of the quiet and just amazed at the creation of the blue sky and the water and the sand. We usually don't get to see that in the Midwest, if, if you haven't noticed. But it, so it was just beautiful. And here's what I noticed. I was reading one of the Psalms that was talking about creation. And I, I read two more chapters before looking up again. And just out on the horizon, what I just looked where there was no storm, this is what I saw. A rainstorm popped up out out in the Gulf. And it screamed to me the reminder that God loves us, that he would never flood the earth again, that by his beautiful rainbow, there are promises of his faithfulness in the past and his faithfulness in the future. And our God is the prime mover that can make that out of nothing. And it is a, a beautiful symbol of his love that it endures forever, today and every day. Why is it so important for us to stress this in in verse 1 in this first movement that our God is a prime mover? Because it puts us in our proper place. You can't help but look at the golf and see God throw out a rainbow and know that he is God and I am not. I'm a preacher from Greenville, Illinois, and our God sits on a throne and can throw down a rainbow in a moment. 
It puts me in the proper place. We need to acknowledge early and often that we are not God and we worship the God that's the creator of everything. We are not in control. Let me say that again. We are not in control. But our God is. He is supreme and he sustains everything. Yesterday, today, and forever. In fact, uh, once we get to the New Testament, we actually know a a part of uh, God who is fully God Jesus Christ is actually the creator uh, through his word. You know, uh, as you look at the full picture, God thought about these things. The word was spoken to being and it existed. And you know who the word was from the beginning? Jesus. So the, the Father and the Holy Spirit and Jesus were there at the beginning of creation. And look how Colossians 1 explains it. Look at Colossians 1 with me. The Son, Jesus Christ, is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of over all creation. For in him all things were created. Makes it real plain, doesn't it? In him, things in heaven and earth, invisible and visible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through him and for him. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. So not only did Christ create things with him being the word, he now sustains things. He holds them together through his power. And this is a great reminder. He is the head of the body of the church, and he is the beginning and the firstborn from among the dead, so that everything he might have supremacy. Christ is the supreme. He's the creator. He holds things together. He is the head of the church. He is the one in control. It is a great reminder to all preachers, all elders, all members of the body of Christ that Christ is the head of the church. Amen? I remember it's almost five years ago to this day, I stood here and says, I don't know where we're going in the future, but one thing's true, Christ is head of the church. And as Daryl left, someday when I leave, Christ will be the head of the church until he returns. And we need to remember that. Through Christ, everything holds together. Never forget that. His love endures forever. Here's the second movement. We need to praise God, the Elohim, because he is the protector He's not only the prime mover, he's the protector. And this is where his powerful nature comes out even more. In today's world, I don't know if you've noticed this, we hear more and more about it all the time, there are threats and chaos at every corner. So many things that can take our eyes off of trusting the supreme being in Jesus Christ. We so uh, forget that God has the capability to protect us. Uh, This week at Vacation Bible School, we we just shared the story of the day when Peter walked on the water. I mean, can you imagine walking on water? Everything was fine as long as he kept focused on Jesus. But then he took his eyes off of Jesus and looked at the chaos of the storm, the threat of the seas, and he began to sink. But it wasn't until he cried out to help and refocused on Jesus that that he was saved. I think we're much the same way today. With all the threats to our health and our finances and to your family and even to the church, we can so quickly lose focus and have our faith tested. I don't know if you've noticed, but in the last two and a half years... There has been a remedy for a fear, all kinds of remedies. If you'll just do this, you'll be safe. If you just do this, if you don't do this, maybe you'll be safe. We uh, so easily forget that our safety, our protection, is not found in anything men or women or governments can do, but our safety and protection is found in Jesus Christ. And we need to quit living in fear and know that he is the protector. Please understand, I am all for doing things that need to be done to protect and provide for the future, but the Psalms makes it clear that our protection comes from the Lord. 
Notice the psalmist under great anxiety. We know he was attacked often. We know that there was great hardship. He doesn't get hysterical when things get crazy. He gets historical. He doesn't panic, but, but he goes back to the Word to see the purpose of what God's doing. Look at the history that he's going to share with us from the Psalms. And once again, I need you to do your part. Every portion of this say his love endures forever. In him, the Elohim, amazing things happen. Look what it says in verse 10. In him who struck down the firstborn of Egypt, his love endures forever. And brought Israel out of among them, his love endures forever. With a mighty hand and outstretched arm, his love endures forever. To him who divided the Red Sea asunder, his love endures forever. And brought Israel through the midst of it, his love endures forever. But swept Pharaoh and his army into the Red Sea, his love endures forever. To him who led his people through the wilderness, his love endures forever. To him who struck down the great kings, his love endures forever. And killed mighty kings, his love endures forever. Shiloh, king of the Amorites, his love endures forever. And Og, the king of Bashan, his love endures forever. Notice this. He doesn't get hysterical and say, oh no, what are we going to do now? How can we protect ourselves? He goes back and says, look what God has done in the past to protect his people. He doesn't get hysterical. He, he names names. He goes, our God defeated this king and this king, and our God has the power to protect us today. Man, we need to declare again in our hearts in today, 2022, that the God that protected his people in the past is the same God that protects his people now and in the future. Think about it. The psalmist is talking about here, it's, it's unbelievable how God protects people. In the days of Moses, when he faced Pharaoh and this great Egyptian army, and they had no real means to fight back because there was no army, the, the world they were living in was full of slavery, and there was no end in sight. Then God. Then God acted. Look at the text in Exodus chapter 12. So all the people of Israel followed all of the Lord's commands to Moses and Aaron. On that very day, the Lord, the Lord, the same, the same person we've been worshiping in the Psalms, the Lord brought the people of Israel out of the land of Egypt like an army. They weren't an army yet, but God, through his mighty power and his protection, brought them out like a mighty army. You're like, but Tyson, that, that's the stories of the Old Testament. Those type of miracles aren't really probably possible today. But here's the current promise that we go back to God's word to know for our future. Look what it says in 2 Thessalonians chapter 3. The Lord is faithful and he will strengthen you and protect you from evil, the evil one. The story is the same, whether it's in Moses' time, uh, our time today, or until Christ returns. The Lord is faithful. His love endures forever, and he will protect you. Does that mean you will never uh, go through harm? Absolutely not, but he will provide. He will make a way when there seems to be no way because his love endures forever. So next time you're tempted to be hysterical and lose focus, take your eyes off of Jesus... Recommit to say, God, I trust that your love endures forever. There's one more movement here in this text. And it's that we can praise Adonai, God who we know as Adonai, because he is the provider. It's in the text. Look what it says. 
Help me out with this again. He gave their land as an inheritance. His love endures forever. And inheritance to his servant Israel. His love endures forever. He remembered us in our low estate. His love endures forever. And freed us from our enemies. His love endures forever. He gives food to every creature. His love endures forever. Give thanks to the God of heaven. His love endures forever. So Adonai is this context again that God is sovereign over all. That means he has mastery over everything. He is the one who's in control. Everything is under him. And he has the ability to provide not only land, not only a blessing, but specific food and and things that we need. Historically, we can look at how God provided. Time and time again, we live in probably the most blessed as far as having stuff of any uh, point in history ever. And I think that's an understatement. Compared to what we have now, to what Moses, what they had in Moses' day, it, it is not even a competition. And yet God's people during most time were, were so much more quickly to understand, that, hey, this is the blessing that comes from God. Just having food to eat. To have shelter. To be able to, to live. Time and time again, God provided However, our culture today is going through a surprising change. The last couple of years, our ability to trust has been tested. Can God provide? I wonder if in the last couple of years you've asked that question, can God provide in the midst of everything that's going on? It's a question that probably as humans will hit our hearts at some point, whether it's a night, whether it's you're in the hospital uh, waiting room, whether it's you're just looking at your bank account or you're watching the news. Our minds can be like, well, what's going to happen? How are we going to make it through this? We have become conditioned to be worried about almost everything because we see every little thing that's wrong. I wonder what you're worried about. Our society has become an become a society that operates as much on fear and worry as we do faith and trust. It's caused many people to hoard in unhealthy ways. I don't know what you've hoarded in the last couple years, but for a while our family very much was interested in hoarding toilet paper. I don't know if you can relate to that. (laughs) But it becomes an unhealthy point at some time. We, we hoard things that that we we think we need, and and when we see that a shortage is coming, we've got to to take control of it ourselves. It could be almost anything, whether it's baby formula, which is very important. Or remember a time when bicycles were hard to get. We get nervous. Well, well, I've got to have a bicycle now. I hadn't wanted a bicycle for five years. Then once I couldn't have one, I thought, maybe I should get a bicycle. <laughs> and we begin to worry. We lose control. Have you noticed the hoarding mentality is growing because we want to control everything? Remember, we're, we're not God. And God has the ability to provide, but, but we'll hoard almost anything, like I said, from toilet paper to two-by-fours. And fear just contributes to the shortages. At times it's been gasoline, and other times it's been garage doors. Have you ever seen anybody load their gasoline in tubs from Walmart? It's scary, okay? This was, this was in the United States of America. They, they put out, the government put out of things, please do not try to store your uh, gasoline in plastic bags. We have become a a country of people that that want to control everything, and we've forgotten that God provides. How many of you remember the coin shortage? Where'd all the coins go, right? The next time there's a shortage of something, ask yourself this. 
Should I get caught up in this or should I trust God to provide in this? Is God calling me to save, which he might be, or am I just in, uh, encouraging the insanity? I think most of the time, from what we see in history, we can get caught up in, in a shortage and, and fear can enter our lives when God is saying, trust me. Because I love you. My love endures forever. I am all for planning and saving, but let's not become hysterical. Let's look at the big picture of history and know there are things that we can say, I'm not going to get caught up in that. Please hear me. God is all for making the most of what we have and honoring him with all that we have. But we need to trust him that he can provide. Notice the psalmist in the psalms that we just read doesn't praise the farmer, which I love farmers. He doesn't praise the farmer for raising all the, the, the grain. He doesn't praise the herder for raising just the perfect amount of sheep. He just praises God for providing food for his people. God is the one who, who gives us the land. God is the one who allows uh, our, our crops to grow. God is the one that provides the sun and, and, and the water. And we need to praise God for that. Jesus put it this way, a very similar subject in Matthew 6. He says, therefore, I tell you, this is God talking. Don't worry about your life or what you'll eat or drink or about your body or what you'll wear. Is it not life more than food or your body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet the heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Here's what God is saying. Jesus is saying, don't I love you more than the birds? My love endures forever, and I'm going to be faithful. God is your provider. It's not your employer. However, please hear me. Don't misunderstand this. You need to work hard for your employer. And if you own your own business, work harder. Work as if you're working for who? The Lord. But your employer or your business is not really what provides even though you're to work hard. Your provider's God. It's not the government, though we're called to respect and, and honor our authorities. Uh, your uh, provider is God, not your family, even though they're to be honored, even in, in our old age, we're to honor our father and mothers. Who our provider is, there's not any things of this world. Our provider's God, and we have lost focus of that. And when we get back in the proper focus, we will come under God and give him praise and thanksgiving. Why is this so important? Because when we trust something to provide, whether it's our family, our job, or our government, it becomes our God. And we begin to worship it. We begin to honor it even more than we do God. So let me ask you this to get a proper perspective back in your life. Where have you seen God provide lately? Maybe just providing food. Maybe it's friendships. Maybe it's housing. Maybe it's, maybe it's a, a physical relief from pain. Uh, God is the one who provides. I've seen God provide huge this week. We, we've been praying about Vacation Bible School for a long time. Ben said there were some days where we had 150 different kids here. There, the, over the course of the week, we had exactly 180 different children. God provided the eyes and ears and hearts to hear the gospel. Let's give him glory for that. That was amazing. You're like, well, how do you do that? With a lot of help, okay? God provided from set up to tear down over 100 different volunteers of adults who've done it for 50 years and kids who have just been involved for five minutes and God provided. Let's praise God for volunteers. We need to give thanks. So, so I ask myself, 
in the midst of even VBS, in the times of coming out of a pandemic, do I trust God? As your preacher, I ask myself that because I've got to, we've got to get that right. God is the creator. God is the protector. God is the provider. Do I trust him? If I believe his love endures forever, I can trust him. So I'm embarrassed to admit this. This week at VBS, my trust was tested in my own home. We had a, uh, a missions moment every day for um, the Shiloh uh, Children's Ministry. Oh, no, Cooks and Hills. i got to get that right. It was Cooks and Hills. And um, at Cooks and Hills, and, and the, the missions team did a great job providing the need. And much like any VBS that you've ever been to, there was a competition between boys and girls to see who was going to give the most to Cooks and Hills. On Monday, Andrea did a great job, and they had a missions moment uh, in the rotation and on Monday, um, there was a close competition. So we went home that night, and our daughter, Daly, who's our youngest, decided to go to her piggy bank to get some resources for VBS, the missions. And I, I kind of went by her room, and she was kind of working with her piggy bank. She got it open, and she had it out on the floor. And she, with her little hands, she was taking handfuls of this, putting this little bag, and it was all overflowing. She had been saving coins for a long time. And here's why I'm embarrassed. I went to her, and I said, Daly, do you really think you should give all of that to the missions? The preacher said that, by the way. <laughs> and she says, Dad, it's good to give. It will be fine. And I pulled my foot out of my mouth and left the room. To my surprise, less than 24 hours later, Declan, our third son, who has been working with daily uh, the past like 10 days, going around to different houses uh, in our community. Everybody's on vacation this time of year. And daily and Declan took care of uh, chickens and pigs and dogs and cats at three different area families. And this was daily's really first job. And I knew it was happening. And she was super excited about gathering eggs and, and doing all this every day. But uh, tw less than 24 hours after I had that encounter with daily, uh, Declan calls her into the kitchen before we went to bed. And says, Daly, I've got something for you. And he begins to hand out in $1 bills more money than Daly's ever seen to Daly as her portion of the pay they receive for taking care of these animals. And I saw in less than a day God's ability to more than bless my daughter in returning in her faithfulness of what he had done for her because of what she had done for him and trusting him. And she never even knew it. I wonder how many times are you and I like this, we never get a glimpse of how God blesses us almost immediately after we trust him. She left, and I didn't tell her, I said, now, because I don't want her to give uh, just to get. That's not the way it works. So I just let that lie. But you know who that spoke to uh, more than anyone? Is your preacher that God is faithful and we can trust him. Amen? It's good to give. That's what Daly said. It'll be fine. She had it right. God uh, will more than work it out if we trust him. His love endures forever. He's the prime mover. He's the creator of everything. He owns the cattle on a thousand hills. We can trust him. He, he is uh, the protector. He has power uh, to push anything and everything away as we move with him. He's also the provider. He is sovereign over everything. You trust him. 
The psalmist says, give thanks to the Lord for he is good. Say this with me. His love endures forever. Father in heaven, we thank you for today. And this reminder from your, your psalm, your song of praise, your, your time of worship. Lord, let us go into this time of worship as we sing this song. Let us give thanks to you for, for you being Yahweh, Elohim, Adonai. You are the one true God and you're worthy of our praise. Lord, if someone is here today and desires to give their life to you and, and be made new through Jesus, I pray that they would uh, make that commitment. Lord, if someone is here today and wants to be a part of a church family that, that trusts in the one true God and, and work together to honor you, I pray that they would let that be known and we would celebrate with them an open fellowship through Jesus Christ. Lord, as we sing this song, let us, let us give thanks for your love endures forever. In Jesus' name, amen. Would you stand with me as we sing?